Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today, 303-690-3000. You dial that number, you get on the air with me on the air. Like, literally, we talk on the radio live to an audience of literally thousands upon thousands of people listening up and down the front range and online and around the country, uh, sometimes even around the world, people tuned in. We're always amazed and overwhelmed by the response to Grace FM, the increased listenership, uh, the opportunity to be entrusted with your time. And because we're entrusted with your time and your time belongs to the Lord, we use it for that very purpose. And This is the show where we get to talk about things. Um, We have pastors that host it that come from out, you know, out in front of the pulpit, if you will. And let's talk about things that are on your mind. Uh, It's not an argument show. It's not a political show. It's not an opinion show. What, What we want to do is to talk about things in relation through the filter of the Word of God. And uh, so you could say this Calvary Live is more of a pastoral show where yeah, we're going to talk about things, answer questions, uh, search the scriptures together, but we're also going to pray together, encourage one another. Uh, we're going to wrestle with tough topics. Maybe the coronavirus is on your mind right now and you've got questions. Um, I would love to speak into your life in that area. Uh, I'd love to give some perspective. Uh, and so call me if that's on your mind. It's certainly on the mind of the world today, so it should be on the lips of believers. <clears throat> I just posted today uh, on our website. Uh, you can connect with us through sh- social media as well, um, but posted on our website today the uh, a little update on the coronavirus. Uh, many states around the world, excuse me, many states around the country are having to cancel services uh, because of the limitation of the amount of people. That hasn't happened in Colorado but yet, uh, but we have a conference call scheduled with the governor. Uh, the governor's scheduled a call for f- uh, pastors to call in. Uh, and uh, if you want information on that, if you're a pastor, it is only for pastors, uh, email me, ed at edtaylor.org. I'll put you on the list and uh, send you the info. 303-690-3000. Jared is on line two in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ed. Um, you're welcome. I, I just wanted to thank you and uh, all the pastor staff that take our questions and um just offer words of encouragement every day. Uh, I don't oh, necessarily have a question, but I just wanted to call in and say thank you. And I really appreciate what you guys do. So thank you very much. Well, thanks, Jared. God bless you, man. You too. Thank you. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. We do appreciate the appreciation. A uh, lot of work goes behind goes on behind the scenes, uh, technically, practically, uh, to enable a show like this to be on the air. So a prop to everyone that helps make it happen as well. Uh, and together we're a team. 
<clears throat> just taught a Bible study at a conference recently on that very topic, teamwork. It's part of our podcast. I have a podcast that is a little more raw than my teaching, a little more practical, a little more focused, shorter in time. It's called Lead to Serve, Lead to Serve. And I deal with topics that are derived from Bible studies and practical wisdom on how to become a better servant. Uh, the principle is servant leadership. Uh, the, we're following the footsteps of Jesus when he says, uh, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be servant of all. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, go to your podcast. Uh, wherever you, uh, It's easier here. Go to anchor.fm slash lead to serve. And the link is right on our app. So if you want to download our app, it's actually easier uh, than just download our app on wherever you get your app store and put in the search bar Calvary Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, or you could put in the search bar Ed Taylor, our apps will pop up. And my podcast is right there on the homepage. Subscribe, get it delivered. It, it drops every Monday. We're in season number two. Uh, I was looking at some of the topics and working on it today. Uh, very encouraging. Feedback's been great. The, the reach has been great. So many uh, more people than I ever imagined. So join the Lead to Serve podcast uh, team, family, and let's learn about leadership together. All right, let's go out to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Rick is on the line. Oh, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. I really appreciate uh, your ministry, by the way. Oh, um, fantastic. <laughs> listen, I, um, I'll tell you why this all happened. I, I'm a widower, and um, I thought the Lord had brought a young lady into my life. Um, wasn't looking, and uh, it seemed to be the Lord, but she's Presbyterian, Reformed Presbyterian. And um, it seems like her doctrinal positions are more important um, at this point than our relationship. I mean, when I lead someone to the Lord, I'm not, taking, I'm not leading them to a church or a doctrine, but to Jesus Christ. So my question is, could you please explain uh, Calvary Chapel's position on election, predestination, and free will, because sometimes well, I find uh, that confusing. A, it's a little more than a radio broadcast can provide. <laughs> I'll give you a summary, uh, because okay. these, are, these are heady topics that theologians yeah, have I debated know. since the beginning of time. And, and so from a perspective of Calvary Chapel, we believe that the Bible teaches uh, election. We believe that the Bible teaches predestination. Uh, we believe that God is sovereign in right. all his ways. And we believe that God has created man with a form of free will. And I think everyone agrees on those topics. Where we disagree, you know, is the definition of them. And that's the great disagreement. But the idea that a man can't make a free will decision is foolish. And the idea that God can't make a sovereign decision independent of man is foolish. And the problem with those, those two doctrines... Uh, the free will of man and the uh, sovereignty of God is that in our finite minds they seem to contradict. We, uh, if they were very far apart, we could agree with them. But what we disagree is when they intersect. How is it possible that they intersect? So what happens is 
People go to extremes. When they can't intersect and explain things, they tend to gravitate toward extremes. So the extreme, of course, of of holding to a, 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 a sovereign view of God in predestination uh, would be along the lines of Calvinism um, and even hyper-Calvinism, right. uh, where not only is there predestination, but the hyper-Calvinists would say there's uh, double predestination, which is just nonsense. It's absolutely unbiblical nonsense. There's no such thing as double predestination. Uh, and and I would then disagree with the Calvinist de- description uh, of predestination, because their description of predestination would eliminate um, man's free will. And and I don't accept that. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, the other extreme is the free will of man that would place salvation and assurance and uh, the, the ability to persevere in the hands of man and his finite decisions so that a person saved and unsaved, a person's saved and unsaved, unsaved, saved, unsaved, and their whole life they live without assurance. And many times that, again, these are a simple, uh, you know, a simple bi- uh, radio definition. So you guys that are deep theologians don't call to correct it. It's simple. I'm giving a very simple. And, and right. let me just say, those listening in, uh, because we give a simple answer, don't misunderstand that, that, that we don't understand the depth of the theological issue. We do. But... We want to be simple about things and not, you know, we don't want to make it so complicated that person's more confused than when they first called. And the extreme of free will is often referred to as, our, as the doctrine of Arminianism. And, but, you know, the Bible existed before both Calvin and Arminius. And right. we see that uh, many times the Bible emphasizes the sovereignty of God, and many times the Bible emphasizes the free will of man. And we don't want to get to the extremes. Our, our goal at Calvary Chapel, we don't want to lean on the extremes. We try to find a balance. And that's what frustrates people about our theology, is we try to find a balance. Um, God's sovereignty and man's free will, number one, both exist. Number two, you see them both in the scriptures. And number three, you and I are unable to reconcile them. And I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said, um, you, there's no need to reconcile friends. And the sovereignty of God and the free will of man are not op- opposed to one another. They are friends. And, you know, we aren't supposed to argue about them, fight over, dig our heels in. We should be in awe of a God that lays before us his revelation of who he is and then says, yeah, you can't fully understand me. My ways are not your ways and your ways are not my ways. Um, but a couple of things to consider, and then I'll let you get a follow-up. One of the important questions we have to ask in the book of Genesis is this, and I'm going to ask it to you, Rick. Did Adam and Eve have a real free choice to obey or disobey God? Was that a real choice God gave them? Yes or no? Am I wrong? Oh, no. <laughs> What do you think? Are you still with me? Did they have well, a real yeah, I free think, choice? I said yes, because uh, okay. they they made the choice to listen to the serpent. And, uh, and, and that's very important. Before we get into Abraham, before we get into Deuteronomy, the law, the giving of the law, before we get into the systemized uh, Old Covenant, launching into the New Covenant, getting into Romans— we have to ask ourselves in the simplicity of the relationship of God with Adam and Eve in his creation, 
did he create man with a real free choice? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, there's no otherwise God would be responsible for sin. If there was no choice and they had no choice in the matter and they were just forced to do it, uh, led to do it, tempted to do it by God, then sin would be God's creation. And we know that not to be the case. His original creation was uh, without sin. He did not create sin. Sin entered the human race through a man named Adam. And, And so... With that in mind, what is your follow-up? Never thought of that in in relationship to uh, free will, Adam and Eve. That's that's a very good um, place to start. I I think it's an important place to start because yeah. even if the answer is maybe there's a Calvinist listening, yelling at the radio, no, no. Okay, then what did they have exactly? And then what you'll hear is a long, drawn-out explanation and all these words. And I'm like, no, I reject that. I don't care how long you've been in school, what letters you're after. I reject that. Either they did or they didn't, in the most simplest way, have a response. Because every So then every day they didn't eat of the fruit, right? Let's just think about that. Every day that they didn't eat of the fruit, was their worship and relationship with God forced upon them as well? No. And what kind of God does that? And where is that in the Genesis narrative? Forget Romans. Well, let's not get to Romans yet. Where in the Genesis narrative is worship forced upon Adam and Eve? It's Nowhere. not. It's no. not. And as a matter of fact, the proof of that is that they chose in a moment of time not to worship God. Right. By disobeying him. That's right. And so I just like to simplify. We get caught up in the Arminius and Calvinist arguments, and I just think we need right. to go back. We need there was there was theology and an understanding of God before then. So what was that exactly? Mm-hmm. Well, and I that's what I like that. to do. Yeah, it's, I appreciate that. And I know there's deeper theological explanation, but I I appreciate your simplicity. And um, I agree with you. Um, I don't think that that's, you know, the variations of different doctrinal beliefs should cause separation between the brethren. Correct. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's, if you could, I would appreciate prayer. Um, I lost my wife. Uh, well, I didn't lose her. I know where she's at, but I mean, right. she went to be with the Lord three and a half years ago, and... Um, mm. I really wasn't looking for anyone when this it seemed to be a gift from God, but it, it apparently is not. And I, I get lonely, you know, and uh, yes, my kids are all grown. <clears throat> if you could please pray for me that the Lord would fill my heart with Him. I wouldn't even be thinking me, about another. <clears throat> let me say, too, a couple things, and then I'm going to pray for you. Number one, the admonition against being unequally yoked is certainly an admonition against a believer and an unbeliever coming together in a deep relationship. And many times we don't apply that to even other believers. But on occasion, that principle is to be applied to other believers. And if you've met a young woman that is uh, just a real special gal and and she has a love of God, and she has a likeness towards you, and you can, and you see a relationship heading in. However, in the process of getting to know each other, you find that she values a doctrine 
that is different from you, uh, and so much so that that she finds it to that person. It could be male or female, whoever's listening, finds that that doctrine's more important to argue about. It's a it's a yellow light, a yellow flag, if not a red flag, that says, look, as good as this person is, they are more concerned about their doctrine, and I don't mean false and because uh, we're not talking about false doctrine, true doctrine here. Um, that would obviously be a big red flag, but a secondary doctrine, a, a view of the character and nature of God. The, you know, I believe what my church teaches more important than meeting in the middle what the Bible teaches. It's a red flag for you to say, you know what, this isn't the person for me. And yeah, I think I figured that as, out. So. As painful as it is, you're saving yourself years of of difficulty because you might enjoy many other things of life, but you're not going to be able to enjoy the true intimate worship of God together because that argument actually leads to many others. And it's just not fun arguing all the time. And let me add one more thing. Uh, Calvary chapels historically have had this in their statement of faith. It's in our statement of faith. Even though we changed the name of our church, we haven't changed the heart of our church. We're always going to be a part of the Calvary Chapel family, no matter what. It's in my DNA. And my pastor was taught by Pastor Chuck, and Pastor Chuck taught him, and he taught me, and I'm reading it from our website right here. Listen to what it says. Calvary Chapel has been formed as a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our supreme desire is to know Christ and be conformed to his image by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not a denominational church, nor are we opposed to denominations as such, only to their overemphasis of the doctrinal differences that have led to the division of the body of Christ. We believe that the only true basis of Christian fellowship is Christ's agape love, which is greater than the differences we possess, and without which we have no right to claim ourselves Christians. And... That is the first paragraph in our statement of faith. That's how important it is to us. Praise the Lord. So, Father, I pray for my brother in his grief and loneliness, uh, just losing his wife. As I know, we haven't. I know she's not lost, Lord, but losing the benefit of of her on the earth, losing the benefit of that relationship. I think of a few brothers and sisters in our own church, widows and widowers, that have a new station in life. And and yet they also sense that perhaps the Lord, uh, perhaps you, Lord, will lead them into a new relationship. And so I pray for that. I pray that you would lead and guide and that you would comfort my brother Rick as he continues to seek you and and continues to trust you with his singleness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate it. Okay, Rick, stay in touch. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, real quick, um, a real quick uh, text message. Omar's calling. He wants to clarify something Pastor Fig said last week. Tribulation saints are not a part of the church because they convert after the rapture. I agree with Jeff. Uh, tribulation saints are a different group of people. But I don't want you to be confused in the sense that uh, after, uh, during the millennial period, after the return of Christ, the identity of followers of Jesus Christ, Old Covenant, 
and New Covenant and Tribulation Saints, Jew, Gentile alike, will all be a part of the worshiping community of God. Maybe there's even a new name for that group. But in terms of the identity of the church and the, the identity of the church prior to the rapture, I agree with Pastor Jeff uh, that, the, that the Tribulation Saints are a distinct group from the church. You might be, um, this follow-up question might trip, be tripping you up. You could think, well, wait a minute, aren't they just like anyone else? But then think, the Old Covenant Saints are not the church. They're the Old Covenant Saints. However, they were brought into the forever family of God, and at the rapture and at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, all, I believe all those groups will be brought into one, and perhaps then we can just call them the church. Uh, we can call them the saints. We can call them the forever family of God. But, but right now, in this uh, dispensation, there is a distinction between two people groups, two people that are fully saved, fully redeemed, uh, between the church and the tribulation saints. I do agree with Jeff. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Matthew's in Berthoud, Colorado, on line two. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hey, Matthew, are you with us? Uh, uh, trying to reconcile. Uh, Matthew we wants prayer. So, Father, I just pray for Matthew and the reconciliation of his marriage, uh, just the difficulty that he's facing through this separation. I pray for another brother, John, who's going through the same thing. I uh, lift them up to you because it's hard. And uh, when we walk down the, the aisle of marriage, we never expect separation. We never expect divorce. And it's a painful thing. So I pray, God, that you would be with them through the pain that you would bring reconciliation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on back to our uh, phone lines are open, 303-690-3000. Text me. I see a coronavirus question coming in. If you have one, you could call it. I'm going to wait to the second half so we have a little bit of extra time to talk about it. Um, but if you want to, if somebody wants to call me and talk about it on the air, um, I would love to, I would love to talk about it. I'm going to do it second half anyway. Clinton is in Denver on line three. Clinton, welcome to the program. Uh, how you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? Pretty good. I just wanted to pray for me, my wife, and my kids. Okay. And I just need a little help. Keep falling to the bottom of the barrel. Keep trying to make it out. And I just keep falling. Just keep going backwards. I'm sorry, man. Um, it's a very challenging time. It's a yes, very sir. difficult time. And I know that uh, the, the Lord is going to want to do a great work in your life. And so let me pray for you. Um, I pray for my brother, God, just like in the previous caller, um, just desiring his family to be back together, desiring for you to do a work that only you can do. Um, we're just challenged with the brokenness of our lives and the brokenness that sin has brought into our lives. And and everyone has a different uh, consequence, a different difficulty, but at the same time, we all share the same pain, and we all share the same challenges and difficulties. So I pray for our brother here that you would reconcile his family and that kids would come back into their lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Let me ask you a question. I just felt like while I was praying, I need to ask you this. Is there any 
decision or choice that you need to make that would start the process of this reconciliation? Yeah, I just I just need to find a lawyer, a good cheap lawyer, because I paid three cases of child support and it's with rent here in Colorado. You know, it's, yeah. I barely make it, so I don't have enough money to even afford a lawyer. <sighs> okay. Well, we're going to have to pray for that provision and get somebody to advocate on your behalf. Uh, thank you, Pastor. All right, stay strong in the Lord, okay? Amen. Thank you. All right, bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Hey, if you want to stay connected with us, uh, download our app, turn on notifications. Uh, we send a lot of information out through our notification. We literally have thousands upon thousands of people uh, connected to us through our app, and we invite you to join us. That's both our church app and our radio app, uh, Grace FM app. And of course, you guys on Hope FM, uh, Truth FM, on radio stations around the country, listening online, I'm inviting you to be a part of our family. Uh, you don't have to be a part of our church because we're a part of the forever family of churches, of every true believer. And we would love for you to stay in contact with us, stay connected to us. Uh, so just go to your app store, download our free apps, make sure notifications are turned on. I promise you we don't overuse them. Uh, we don't slam you notifications all day. You get one a day, maybe two if there's an urgency, maybe three, but that's it. Mostly every day is one notification. Uh, I write an encouragement just to build you up. I might I might send out a little note that a Bible study's been posted. But um, and then of course with the coronavirus, we're we're putting some updates up on our um, on our website. We're putting I'm sending links out through the app and just wanting to stay uh, in a place where we are communicating to the best of our ability. Uh, communicating in a way that will uh, assuage the fears and anxiety and panic uh, that seems to have gripped our culture. And again, we'll talk about that in the second half of the program. And and I invite you to join me in the dialogue. But just I'll, I'll give you one pastor's perspective. That's me um, and some of the people I respect, like Skip Heitzig uh, or uh, Greg Laurie and how they're handling it. Uh, but it's certainly a crisis uh, panic and peril, uh, unlike I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, with the exception of perhaps the the fear and anxiety that gripped the nation after 9-11. Uh, and I was talking to, I was actually on the phone most of the day today, uh, didn't get a lot of studying done, just ministering, learning, growing, talking, emailing, writing today on this topic so that through good communication, the Holy Spirit can bring peace and comfort. Uh, along the way, and and so Ashley, I see your um, I see your text. I'm going to get to yours in a moment. Um, great question about should I go on a vacation? Uh, this is really good um, because <clears throat> this has come up multiple times, and we're going to be able to see the intersection of believers and culture, the intersection of believers and the um, government. We're going to be able to see the creativity of believers uh, in how to interface with our culture. Um, it's I, I hesitate in some respects to say this is an exciting time because it's a bittersweet thing to say. Um, there is uh, excitement in the opportunities, 
to connect with people the peace of God, but it's not exciting at all with people sick, fearful, some even dying because of this virus, the you know the most vulnerable vulnerable of our society, the elderly, uh, the old those that are older are hurt the most, and you know that's someone's mom, dad, grandma, and and so I'm not excited about that at all. I'm very heartbroken about it, but I've got some things to share. I look forward to hearing from you, uh, and I'll take Ashley's call in about thirty, well, about a couple minutes, really, a minute and a half. We have a break, so I could stretch, go get some water. My name is Ed Taylor. This is Calvary Live. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. Stick around. Tell your friends to tune in. Send out a text, social media. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Today's program, my name is Ed Taylor. I am the pastor here. I'm one of the pastors here, I should say, of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And this is... Calvary Live, originating from the Grace FM studios in Aurora, Colorado. We're a suburb of Denver, and the Grace FM radio network comprised of two stations and an online stream. Through the two full-power stations, we reach about 80% of Colorado's population, that potential, uh, which is literally millions of people. We have a growing listener base, uh, monthly continues to grow, Calvary Live continues to be uh, added to other stations, uh, for which we're grateful. And we are connected with a couple of other large radio networks, Hope FM. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM. Shout out to everyone on Truth FM and other stations around the country that have chosen to to carry this program. And uh, we are grateful. We're, We're very humbled and honored and grateful. And we're living in unprecedented times with all that's going on uh, with this virus and the response to this virus. And I wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about it. Uh, We do have a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. And you can, of course, text me, 720-336-0897. So we're going to go to the phone lines in Broomfield. Ashley's on the line. Ashley, welcome to the program. Hey, Ashley. I can. Okay. So, yeah, I was just kind of wondering, you know, I'm supposed to go on a cruise on the 27th. I'm just a true believer about, you know, God has my plan already, you know, before I'm even in my mother's womb. And I'm just kind of confused on if I should go or not. Well, what cruise line are you using? A Norwegian cruise line going to Aruba and Bahamas. Princess Cruises just canceled all theirs for the next 30 days. And I would imagine other cruise companies are going to follow suit. Um, so they may have made the decision for you already. So you need to keep checking back if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, but let's say it's on. Let's say it's a green light. Let's say there's no changes. Uh, you don't sound like you're in an age group that's susceptible to this, right? Yeah, no, I'm 40. So So you're, you're not in the age group that's susceptible to that, which is a big decision uh, in this. And... 
And I think because you're not in an age group, um, I don't see any problem with you taking a vacation. Uh, and, you know, I think, I think that we've got, we've got a challenge here because if the places that we're going to are under quarantine or are under some kind of lockdown, then you're basically going to be on the ship all that time, right? Or if there's a, because uh, this is a fine line here, and it's kind of the bigger picture of this. Um, this is an opportunity for Christians to honor their neighbor and love their neighbor. And if uh, anyone that's asymptomatic doesn't really have any restrictions on them, and uh, that they're really uh, asked, they, what they're trying to do is keep from large groups coming together. And anyone that's asymptomatic has pretty much freedom to do whatever they want. Um, and it's really on you. And and that's how I'm choosing to live. I'm choosing to live right now. I'm asymptomatic. I mean, that's how I am. I got back from Israel, you know, at the very beginning of all this. And we traveled overseas and all, you know, all of that. Um, I While I, while I uh, remain asymptomatic, I'm going to exercise the freedoms that God, have been, God has given to me uh, until the request perhaps of the government to say, no, why don't you guys, everybody wait for a week or, you know, I'm willing to submit to that for the sake of, of not hurting someone else. And, but in a general sense, man, if there, if, if you can get on a plane and you can fly to wherever you're going, Florida, wherever to, to take off on a cruise and they let you on the ship and they turn that baby on and they head out, go for it. That's right. That's what I'm believing. <laughs> and, and I know and so my, my I, plan is in God's hands. I received this question from another brother uh, who had a large trip planned uh, to before they were shutting countries down and such. And he said, you know, hey, Ed, I've got this trip. What do you think? And I, I remembered uh, that his age puts him in a very vulnerable place. So I told him, call your doctor first and get his advice. And after his conversation with the doctor, the doctor advised him not to go. And then he took a day or two to pray, and he agreed with his doctor not to go. And sometimes we get to this place where, well, you know, God's told me to do this, and I'm not going to—I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go no matter what. And I have to say, that may be an answer. That may be uh, what God's calling you to do, because we see that with Paul. Paul wanted to go to Jerusalem. Uh, it was prophesied he was going to be beat and maybe killed there. And everybody said, don't go, don't go. And Paul said, I got to go. And and I think that there is room for that. But I also think there's room for a God closing doors like Paul experienced when he wanted to go into Asia. And God said no. And he tried again, and God said no. And I just know that if I seek God, the Bible says that he will lead me, he will guide me, and he will give me wisdom. And uh, that's what we need to look for. So true. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have fun on your cruise if you go. And if you don't go, I hear they're doing big refunds and giving free cruises, so maybe you get two out of this. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Which leads us to the bigger question with the coronavirus, and that is, um, what are we supposed to do? Let 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 me say what I share with our church. And maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree, um, but this is what I this is my responsibility with the folks that God has given me to influence. I wanted to remind our church family of the principles of the scriptures that teach us not to fear. Fear not is a familiar f- refrain in the scriptures to trust God, to know that even where there's panic and widespread fear, 
among, and even when there might be a real reason to fear. The Bible is not prohibiting fear in and of itself. The Bible is saying, trust God to eliminate that fear. And I think we've we've all been um, we've all been in positions and situations where uh, where the the situation does warrant some kind of fear, but not to be captured from fear to panic, to out of control chaos. Uh, that that's not God's will. But you know, when you get a diagnosis at the doctor, there's fear about whether I'll die or not. When our kids are backslidden. There's fear of whether they'll return to the Lord or whether they'll be saved. I was talking to a dad last night where we're praying once again for his child who's just decided to run away. And it's painful. It's pain, and, it's, and there is fear. But there's not a widespread control. We want to be filled with the Spirit. We want to be controlled by the Spirit, not fear. So fear not. We walk in the courage of the Lord. That doesn't mean we dismiss the reality of the situation. It's a real situation, which brings me to my second point. And I said it pretty strongly with our church, just for the sake it needs to be said strong. Stop the nonsense on social media. Stop it. The, the church of Jesus Christ should not sound like and look like the world. And I'm not on Facebook anymore, so I'm only seeing nonsense on Instagram. But if, I guess if I was on Facebook, I'd see a lot more nonsense. But I've seen this meme that is being posted that said, well, we had this virus that killed this many people, and we had this virus, and this year it killed this many people, and this, and the coronavirus is only killing these many people. And, and then there's a, a fra- and then somebody writes, well, don't, don't freak out or stay calm or whatever. And the media, are, like, are you serious? What you wrote and what you posted is somebody's life and family. What are you talking about? The, oh, this virus killed more people, and this virus killed more people. And, and the, Are you out of your mind? Why would you do that? Where's the compassion and the empathy for people right now that have family members in the ICU, and you they don't know if they're going to come out? Why? Because somehow they contracted the coronavirus. Where's the empathy and compassion? Every time they brought a sick person to Jesus, he didn't say, get out of here. What's your problem? You know, where other people were saying, this guy's blind. What sin did he have? What sin did he commit? Jesus said, man, is he blind? He needs to see. And, you know, he didn't say those words, but he acted those words and he healed them. And so number two is believers, you know, agree with me or not. I'm I'm not really, uh, I'm going to just put my voice out there for you. Stop it. Stop joking about this. Stop making fun of it. Stop um, that meme, especially that that picture, that quote. You know, you get kind of get caught up in the politics of it all and the media and all, blah blah blah. What? You're a believer in Jesus Christ. How is it that you haven't connected this to the gospel? How is it that you haven't spoke courage into a fearful heart? How is it that you've not? Um, sought to be a help in our society instead of dismissing the reality of what's happening. Is there widespread panic? Yeah. Is there widespread fear? Yes. Um, Is it too much or out of control? Probably. So let's just agree that it could be uh, different and better, but let's agree that it is what it is and let's step into people's lives 
to bring the hope of the gospel. Everything is gospel-centered. But if it's you-centered and you, you get to this place where you are caught up in the earthly kingdoms and you're caught up in earthly things and you forget the eternal perspective, then you're going to start posting things. Well, you know, this virus killed and this virus killed and this little virus, I mean, really, it's only killed so many people. Well, you know, what if we name, what if we took a show and, and we just named the names of people that have lost their lives? Would that be, would that be sobering? And how about if we got through that name, uh, got through that list of names and, and we started reading, um, the peep, their moms, you know, if so I'm looking at the updated stats, statistics, um, there's a total of 135,000 confirmed cases and there are 5,000 people that have lost their lives and 68,000 that have recovered and 5,800 that are still in serious condition. For the United States, we have 1,300 confirmed and 36 people deceased with eight people that have recovered from it. And so you think um, this is the United States, so 36 people have lost their lives. Um, Praise God that that number is low, but let's put some perspective on that for a second. How many people that deceased is enough to care? I mean, can you you acknowledge that there's, uh, can you do two things at once? Can you acknowledge that maybe there's a widespread panic and concern and psychological issues and from a world primarily that doesn't know Jesus Christ? So I don't know what you expect, uh, but widespread chaos. Read the book of Revelation in the, in the, um, time of the Great Tribulation period, um, people are just shaking their fist at God, and the judgments of God are not are not affecting them. And the widespread chaos of the Rapture doesn't change their mind. Uh, so we live in a world that's separated from God, and and so it's just thirty six cases right now in in the United States. Colorado has eight confirmed cases, according to the NCOV twenty nineteen live page. Uh, it's probably a little bit more than that now, uh, and I know the governor uh, is going to be giving some updated numbers on that, but uh, there's 36 confirmed deceased. So let me ask you, how many deceased people does it take for it to matter to you? With just setting aside your opinion and setting aside how you view things and setting aside your view of politics and setting aside your view of the media and having compassion. I'll, I'll tell you in my life, all it took was one. Uh, it took the loss. It took just one for me. It just took one. My son dying uh, brought a wealth of depth and compassion in my heart for other people that didn't exist in that way before. And I see it. I see how easy it would have been to become bitter and controlled and become the victim of all the things that happened to my son and all the things that were done to our family. I could have become the victim, but God didn't have that. That wasn't God's will for my life or your life. We're not victims, we're victors. And 36 lives is significant in the United States of America. 4,966 is significant around the world. And sure, putting into the context of of pathogens and and diseases and 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 those types of things, sure, the numbers are different in ratio. I agree. But if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in the hype. And and we'll become, listen, this is serious. Listen, we'll become Pharisees. 
in, in many different ways where we're the only one that's right and everyone else is doing it wrong. And I think that, that calls to calm down and calls to um, put things in perspective would be much better delivered if they were delivered in agape love, compassion, and hope. They would much be better delivered uh, to believers connecting with unbelievers in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, it would be much better delivered if we would find ourselves in a place of readiness to serve, um, readiness to, um, you know, like the other thing I was telling our church last night is that when you go shopping, and I know there's a run on, t on toilet paper right now, and the shelves. I saw a friend of mine sent a, an ad on Amazon that a, that a package of toilet paper was going for $300. And I responded to him, that's so sad. That's wrong. But, but here we are. We're stocking up toilet paper. Let's just say we are. Well, make sure that when you're stocking up, think of your neighbor. Get one for you, one for your neighbor. One for you, one for the person across the street. And just be ready if, if things get worse just be ready to be a giver generously. Be ready to share. Be ready to serve. You'd be surprised the doors that God is opening for us. So that was a strong word. I didn't even go that deep with our church, but you know you can you can listen to this podcast when it gets posted if you'd like. But let's stop. Let's let's not get involved in it uh, from the sense of becoming uh, judges of panic and all that. But let's get involved by building a bridge into people's lives. And then the final thing I shared was, you know, let's walk in wisdom. Um, let's follow the procedures that have been given to us. Let's listen to our government officials, whether we agree with them or not, uh, for the better good of society. So, you know, washing your hands, being careful when you cough. If you're sick, stay home. And because one of the greatest concerns besides the loss of life is that the medical system will be overloaded to the point where other types of emergencies, car crashes, trauma, will, the hospital systems will be so overloaded that other people can't be treated because right now there's no vaccine. There's nothing to, to arrest the spread of this. And of course, to a very vulnerable uh, population, it can be uh, deadly dangerous. And so I, we're posting information on our website. Uh, right now, we have not canceled services. I have a feeling that's probably coming uh, because uh, my friends across the country are having to cancel services. My friend in Utah, Oregon, California, um, Texas, I think. I don't want to name states off the top of my head um, uh, that uh, I, I don't want to say. But I, I have a there's a conference call that Governor Polis is going to have with um, faith uh, people tomorrow. So. We have our administrator Everett going to be on that call, and we'll get information. If not, we'll we'll use technology. Technology is amazing. We'll live stream on YouTube, live stream on our website. We'll live. We'll 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 preempt programming on Grace FM and broadcast live on the radio. There, technology is amazing today, and we'll be able to have a community of believers even if we're spread out. Uh, but let's let's seize the day, church. Let's rise to the occasion. Let's not walk in fear. Let's not be afraid of each other. Uh, let's not panic. Uh, but even if you are panicked and super fearful today, 
um, I want you to know that God promises that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. Like he will encourage you and strengthen you. He will help you. He will um, <clears throat> he will overwhelm you with a sense of his presence for those of you that have faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the, the real key. The things that are outside of our control are many. This is just one of many. And because they're outside of our control, we turn to someone that uh, they turns to someone that that will uh, that will help, and and so that is the way it, that that's the way that we're headed. And I know I would even say this: there have been some pastors that have taken this stance. They, the government can't tell us not to meet. It's unconstitutional. I, I think that you, you're misunderstanding uh, the situation. This isn't about the constitution or gathering together. It's about loving your neighbor because the prohibition of gathering together right now are pretty much recommendations and I know there's there's other outlets out there. I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm on some websites that give uh, other insights. I'm following Amir Safardi and a lot of friends in the prophetic world. I I get that. I I'm not ignorant of all the voices that are out there and all the data that's out there. But I think I think that we need to we need to consider um, are we willing? Like for here in Colorado, uh, we we cancel the gathering together of the saints because of snow. Uh, and the reason we do that is for the safety of people. Um, uh, could we get emer? You know, sometimes depends on how much snow it is. But can we get emergency parking lot clearing? Yes. Do we have a team of men and women that come out and clear the sidewalks, including the pastors and staff, put the melt down? Yes. Could we get it all ready for people to come? Yes. Would people come? Yes. A few people would come. Yes. But they would drive on dangerous streets, icy streets. They if it's coming down heavy, then we're all on traffic alert. That means nobody shows up. You just exchange information and hope you can get home. Um, and and so we make a calculated decision for the safety of people or a snow day for the kids in the school. And so it's not unprecedented that we might have to not have service. It's not a constitutional thing at all. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. And um, I think that with level heads and faith in Jesus Christ, and practical measures, washing our hands, if we're sick, staying home, um, that are practical ways we can love one another besides helping one another. And uh, that's how we're approaching it. Uh, so you can, like I said, connect with us on our website under the closure page for any updates of what we're doing here. Get our app, get signed up on our email list, go to my website, edtaylor.org. We post things there. I'm going to post the the thing I posted to the church, I'm going to post it there today, uh, later tonight, uh, and and let's see how God's going to use this, and let's see what He wants to do. Let's be open to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. Um, I am. Okay, let's go over to uh, Brent in Denver. Brent on line one, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, I hey what's up? To tell you um, about two. Three days ago, up until then, I was really fearful 
because I'm a security guard at a marijuana dispensary where people come in and I'm a foot and a half away from 500 people a day and 2000 people a week. And I was really fearful. And I just resigned to the fact that, you know, if it's my time, it's my time. They don't even have masks for me. I have gloves. I got the last four bottles of sanitation solution at my Walmart at 6 a.m. And so I'm doing what I can. But up until two or three days ago, I was really fearful. And now I'm not afraid. And I'm going to return to my post. I did get sick, not with this coronavirus, but I got sick Saturday and Sunday. And so um, I just wanted to let you know, I'm, I I just, the fear is gone and I'm ready to accept whatever happens. Yes. And um, the second thing is I just want prayer for a friend. I'm not going to use his name, but I have a friend that just cannot help but regurgitate Fox News to me because he knows that I'm not a ultra-conservative right-wing Christian. I kind of lean to the other side, Um, not not when it comes to uh, political issues of, you know, abortion and all that. I'm totally against that. But okay. the more he tries to convince me, uh, the more um, it just pushes me away. And, and I just wish you, and you probably have been direct addressing that it's really Satan's way of dividing and conquering. Yes, and it, I agree. it's really poisonous. And I, I, he's even said, you know, the next day, hey, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And of course I do. I love this brother. And then. You know, the next text I'll get will be a regurgitation of Fox News. And I don't know. It's almost like an addiction for him, and he just can't stop. But, um, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to use his name. It, it's not important. But I'm sure you've been dealing addressing this. It really is catastrophic and detrimental to the spirit of the church that that we even bring up politics at all. I, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about the Lord. And lately, I've kind of let him know that. And so it's gotten a little bit better. But all of a sudden, at 11 o'clock at night, I'll get all these tweets. In other words, just after he watches right, um, right, right. that station, then I sure. get his opinion. And I just, uh, I'm, I'm not, I know if you've addressed it today, because I just turned you on. But uh, I don't know how, we, you know, I don't want to use his name, but um, I'm praying well, let's for pray. him. Let's do that. And uh, anyone that kind of follows that pattern. Father, we, we are grateful that uh, we have the freedom to, to listen and watch various inputs for knowledge and news and, and opinions. And, and we're grateful for that, Lord. We don't take it lightly uh, that we have great freedoms. But God, would you would you in this brother and in us, Give us a hunger to trust in the truth of your settled word more than what we might hear on the news, even our favorite news program, that our identification, God, would be in Christ and not our party affiliation or our economic opinion or any of the things that can just so easily trip us up. Uh, Before we are anything, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And may we live with that lens at the forefront of our lives. And I pray for this brother that that um, has a tendency to watch and then post and then, you know, just get caught up in it all. God, forgive us for getting caught up in it all. I've certainly been guilty of that myself. 
And I just pray for a single focus that I would seek ye first, the kingdom of heaven. And that would just, I would, I, that I, you would get, empower me and empower us to obey that command in Jesus' name. Amen. And one last thing I just wanted to say, I'm, I fit in sure. the demographic. I'm over 60. I have diabetes. I have heart disease. Okay. And my doctor is just telling me, you know, it's just that post may not be a good idea. So, uh, but I, and that's why I've been so fearful is when you're a foot yeah. and a half from 500 people a day coming off the street and I'm, I'm downtown and uh, it, to me, it, it is dangerous, but I guess there's really nothing I can do about it. I wish they would provide me with uh, the mask. But um, I just resigned that, you know, if it's my time, I'm, it's my time. And I pray either way, if, you know, I, I know what Paul said for me to live is Christ, but for me to die is gain. And boy, will it be great gain compared to, to what I'm seeing now in this world. I, I've even gotten to the point where I hate two things. I hate Satan and his minions, and I hate this world. Mm. Yeah, it definitely, it, there, there definitely is an, an animosity of this world toward the things of God. And um, Thanks for calling, friend. We're up, we're up for the show today. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I uh, pray that the Lord would give you a peace and a comfort. Follow us, calvaryco.church. Connect with us on social media. Get our app. Go to my website, edtaylor.org. Until next time, I uh, look forward to joining you. Shout out to Hope and Truth FM. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.